0: Holding a high-powered rifle and wielding a pistol in these now viral images, Mark and Patricia McClowski looked ready for a gunfight as a protest moved through their mansion-lined St. Louis neighborhood. Get the hell out of my neighborhood. Now the well-known local attorneys are defending their actions.
1: There were people wearing body armor. One person pulled out some loaded pistol Crystal magazine clicked them together and said, you next. We're threatened with our lives, threatened with a house party burned down. We'll
0: the incident unfolded Sunday as demonstrators marched to the mayor's nearby house to demand her resignation. This after she gave out names and addresses of demonstrators demanding police reform Friday on a Facebook live video.
2: Right, right. Get
0: the say tensions escalated when they were threatened by a fringe
1: group. As I said, this is private property. Those words enraged the crowd. When he picked up the gun, that's whenever... Uh- Things kind of went to another level. Hey, I'm going to take that from you. I'm going to take it from you.
0: The viral images drawing both outrage and support across the country. The president retweeting a video of the incident. And overnight, the city's first black chief prosecutor announced she is investigating, saying in part... We must protect the rights to peacefully protest
3: and any attempts to chill it through intimidation or use of force will not be tolerated.
0: Patricia McClowski appears to point a gun at protesters as her husband clutches his rifle. The couple recorded from multiple angles by several witnesses. She came out of the front door uh, with a pistol, but she actually had her finger on the trigger of the pistol and she was like visibly nervous. I can't blame my wife for being terrified. And for doing what she
2: could to protect what she thought was her, her life. Welcome to the Unprocessed Knowledge Podcast. You can catch this show on iTunes. Well now it's not it's not iTunes anymore, it's the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Google Play. You do not have to pay for Spotify to access this podcast. Actually, you do not have to pay for any of the services I just mentioned to access to access this podcast. Wherever you get your podcast from. Just search for Unprocessed Knowledge Podcast. It should pop right up. Subscribe, download, screen, stream. Can't talk today, guys. Share, tell a friend. Everybody should be following me on Instagram at unprocessed underscore knowledge. My latest work straight from my mind to your eyes. Hypocrisy in America. The veil of white supremacy is available on amazon.com. Everybody, check that out. Let's get right into the show. As you just heard the previous clip, that St. Louis couple that came out of their residence pointing firearms at protesters that were not coming for them, they were not coming to their house. The protesters don't even know who these people are, the McCluskies. Down in St. Louis, they had a protest where they were marching to the mayor's mansion. So they were going through this neighborhood that is a multi million dollar neighborhood where the mayor of St. Louis lives. They were marching to her mansion to have a peaceful protest, to have a demonstration because they want her to resign. Now, Marching through this neighborhood, they are marching past the residence of this couple, the McCloudsies, and they come out of their residence with firearms. The husband has a assault rifle. The wife, she has a handgun. The wife is pointing her handgun at the protesters. She she is visibly pointing her hand. She doesn't have it in her hand. She doesn't have it holstered. She doesn't have it pointed towards the ground. She has the gun pointed people in her hand you can see the video now first of all let me stop when i first watched this video clip uh before i got the complete context of what was going on i just thought they were walking past like a like a government building or something this home is huge okay this is a mansion all right which makes sense um uh they're the protesters are marching towards the mayor's mansion. So this neighborhood is a very exclusive neighborhood. It's filled with mansions. It's a neighborhood full of rich folks. Uh, the residents that these that uh, the McClowski's live in, I, I'm not even exaggerating when I say, I know the cost of living in St. Louis is a whole lot cheaper than where I am in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. By the looks of this home, this looks to be at least a $10 million home. Now, mind you, the protesters aren't, you know trampling on their yard they they aren't you know uh surrounding their house by the looks of the video, and you know it can be a little tough to tell distance through video, so on the low end, these protesters are at least thirty feet away from this home, at least thirty feet away. They're a good distance from this home, and they're a good distance uh from this couple. And they come out and they point firearms at them, tell them, hey, this is private property. Y'all need to get out of here. You know, all that stuff is really uncalled for. This was a peaceful protest. You know, nobody knows. And and then they want to play dumb. And that's really going to be a heavy theme in today's show, playing dumb. They want to go on, do interviews and go on national television and, and say, you know, they felt threatened and they were being intimidated and they felt like their lives were in danger. Up until this incident, nobody knew who these people were. Nobody called these people and threatened them. Nobody said they was going to do anything to these people's home or threaten these people's lives. Nobody knows who these people are. These protesters aren't coming to your house. They were walking past your house on their way to the governor's mansion so they can protest. So the fact that they just want to come out and and try to just justify them pointing guns at protesters for no reason. That's, you know, just another tactical white supremacy. And keep in mind, um, from the clip, it seems as though both these people are lawyers. So, you know, they know what to say to avoid prosecution. And strangely enough, um, by doing my research for the show, it seems as though that these couples or oh, these couples, this couple did not break any laws in St. Louis. Um, I know Missouri has very, very liberal Gun laws, but I was unaware that in the state of of Missouri, or more in particular in the city of St. Louis, that you could point a loaded weapon at somebody's face and that not be a violation of the law. That's hmm, that's very interesting. I'm sure things would have went a different way if the situation was reversed. I'm sure if the demonstrators, you know, I, I'm assuming Missouri is an open carry state. I, I don't know. I'm assuming. Um, maybe it's not an open carry state you know the, the McClowski's they were uh, at home they were in their residence so you are allowed to you know brandish firearms on your on your residence but the fact that they're able to point these firearms uh, what I would assume is loaded weapons at peaceful protesters that are non-threatening that aren't doing anything to them and that not be a legal violation thats that's very interesting another thing that I would like to point out from the clip they were saying that the uh the first black uh prosecutor in that area anytime this is the year 2020 anytime you hear the phrase first black anything that's just a reminder of how deep systematic racism runs in America black people have been in this country since this was a country right black people have been here ever since this was the 13 colonies and we're still experiencing the first black something that should just be a reminder of how deep systemic racism runs in this country that we call America. Now like I said, this was easily a multi- this is a multi million dollar home. I'm guessing ten million dollars could be a little less, could be a little more. We watched the video for yourself. This is a huge home. I'm um, I'm sure um this couple <laughs> was sitting in this humongous home seeing all these, you know, people Demonstrating for for black lives, for black people to have rights, for black people to have justice, and they thought about you know how much it costs to live in this neighborhood, how much that mortgage is, how much they pay in taxes how how much it costs them to live there, and that's they don't want to see that they don't want to see black people marching through these streets as demanding justice, not not just black people, they don't want to see people you know with black lives matter signs. Saying black people, we want justice, and we we want to end the system of white supremacy, and we want to be treated equally and fairly. They don't want to see that in their neighborhood, in their minds. You take that down to Ferguson. You take that to downtown St. Louis. We don't want to see you in this multi-million-dollar neighborhood, where I've got to pay all these taxes and this high mortgage to live in this big fancy house. The fact that I even see you enrages me to the point where I have to grab my assault rifle <laughs> and walk outside and tell you to get the hell out of here. This is private property and we know you don't belong here. Right? If they say if if they see one or two black folks, you know, one one black person makes them nervous more than more than two black folks, you know, they call the police. But when they see a group of black people, they just go ahead and grab their own they just, you know, grab their firearm and say I got to handle this myself cuz the police might not get here fast enough. <laughs> I got to let these negroes know they don't belong here you can't afford to pay the taxes in this neighborhood these sidewalks is not for your feet take it somewhere else right wasn't nobody threatening these people but they could have been listening to this previously
1: it should be quite plain to every american who can see through the propaganda that antifa black lives matter the communists and their allies are executing a plan they wrote about four or five years ago, including Black Lives Matter. They want to destroy our government. They wrote then they want to do away with the police, they want to empty out the prisons, Uh, they want to internationalize our government, they want to do away with our system of courts, and they want to take your property away and give it to other people. This is a orchestrated effort. It is no longer a protest about Mr. Floyd. Right. That ended a long time ago. Uh, people who say they're favorable to Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter wants to come and take your house away from you. They want to take your property away from you. Yeah. They want to let criminals well, no. out of prison. All criminals out of well, prison. Uh, groups groups, are groups that are aligning themselves. That
2: was former Mayor Rudy Giuliani on the Lower Ingram show saying that black lives matter. They're coming to take your property away from you. It's gotten to the point where they are trying to change the narrative. They are trying to play dumb. They are trying to act like they're trying to take attention away from the fact that people are out here protesting for justice equal and fair system of justice for everybody they're just making stuff up at this point all right he went on a nationally syndicated so-called news program and said it's not about that it's about you know they want to take your they want to take your house they want to take your property away from you they are marxist extremist group that's what black lives matter is maybe the mccloskeys were listening to that before they seen all them peaceful protesters come out there and they thought oh my god they're coming for our 10 million dollar house get the get the assault rifle get the handgun we 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 got to defend this place come on man come on they playing dumb they playing dumb it's an election season i talked about this last podcast it's an election season they are going to try they know the energy that's in the streets they see what's happening in the Downtown in every major city across this country, their fear is it's going to move from the major cities into the suburbs where these white people live. And that's what they don't want. And here's what they're going to try to do. They're going to try to change the narrative to make it seem like people protesting for justice are terrorists and they're com- coming to do you bodily harm. So if you have to pick up your firearm to stand your ground and defend yourself, you're well within your rights. So if you see a group of peaceful protesters wearing Black Lives Matter shirts, you know, holding up signs, not bothering anybody, singing church songs. Those are really terrorists. So grab your firearms and do what you got to do because they're coming to take you home. They're playing dumb. Everybody out here. Be very, very careful. Because I'm telling you. This this. I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm not trying to promote fear. I want everybody to be safe. I'm big on safety. Safety's first. Be careful out there. I'm not telling nobody not to protest. I want to keep the energy going. Keep it up. Let's not let the energy dissipate. But this language by Rudy Giuliani that these so-called conservative white folks are listening to and take very seriously, it could be very, very dangerous. It could be very, very dangerous. Everybody out here, be careful. Remember, Ahmad Arbery, he was not killed by police. Trayvon Martin was not killed by police. Everybody be careful out there, folks. They playing dumb so they can control the narrative. Speaking of playing dumb. This comes straight from President Trump's Twitter. And I quote. New York City is cutting police money by $1 billion. And yet, the New York City mayor is going to paint a big, expensive, yellow Black Lives Matter sign on Fifth Avenue, denigrating this luxury avenue. This will further antagonize New York's finest, who love New York and vividly remember the horrible Black Lives Matter chant, pigs in a blanket, frown like bacon. Maybe our great police, who have been neutralized and scorned by a mayor who hates and disrespects them, won't let this symbol of hate be affixed to New York's greatest street. Spend this money fighting crime instead. End quote. That comes directly from the verified Twitter of the president of these United States, Donald Trump. This is the same president when the white supremacists were marching in Charlottesville said those were mighty fine people. But Black Lives Matter is a symbol of hate. Got it. Let's move on to the next clip.
4: Missouri woman is apologizing after her racist rant on camera got her in trouble with her employer. She lost her job and now all of a sudden she's not a huge fan of the KKK anymore, but she definitely was in the video that went viral earlier this week. Take a look. Yeah. Um, So she's from Missouri and she decided uh, with the gentleman that she was with and unfortunately with that group of children also carrying the confederate flag to show up at a Black Lives Matter protest. And the protest in Missouri was specifically against this uh, store that sells all sorts of uh, gross uh, confederate memorabilia. And the owners of that store also have a past with racism and all of that. So what's just amazing is that she was so boisterous and so proud of herself in that video. And now all of a sudden she's changing her tone, taking the telling the local TV station Ozarks first, I wasn't saying I'm KKK or for the KKK. I was mocking them because I don't like being called a racist. I didn't understand that the Confederate flag meant hate. I don't understand the whole history of the Confederate flag, but I'm learning.
0: Okay. Um, well, so then there's my favorite excuse of all time. She said that she blacked out and didn't know what she was saying.
2: <laughs> that video clip courtesy of the Young Turks. Okay, this happened <laughs> down in Missouri a group of demonstrators as as reported in the clip were protesting a store that sells, you know, Confederate flag paraphernalia and a group of counter protesters were down there Confederate flag down one woman got into a verbal confrontation with the protesters that clip went viral she ends up losing her job and now she's playing dumb <laughs> now this woman looks like she's in her early to mid 50s 50 year old white woman down in Missouri and she says and I quote I didn't understand that the Confederate flag meant hate I don't understand the history of the Confederate flag okay all of a sudden she doesn't know anything then why did she bring the Confederate flag to a Black Lives Matter demonstration not just a Confederate flag she had a Confederate flag on her and there were at least, from what I can see, three Confederate flags on her pickup truck. And I'm not talking about small little stickers. I'm talking about the big flags. All right. These things look like house curtains. So why'd she bring all those big Confederate flags to wave in front of people's faces if she didn't understand what they meant? Hmm. This woman is, like I said, looks like she's in her early to mid 50s. She's playing dumb, guys. She understands what that flag means, especially down in Missouri. That's why she brought it down to wave it in front of those protesters faces. And then when she gets in trouble on her job, then all of a sudden she she blacked out and didn't know what she was saying and didn't know what she was doing. Now she's got some type of mental health issue (laughs) where she just blacks out and and waves Confederate flags and yells KKK (laughs) at at, at, at black folks. But she doesn't know any of that means. But she's learning, though. She's she's, you know, she's open to learn. She's open to read some books. All right, man. A- everybody understands where I'm going with this, right? Any. T- now, nah, you, you, you see the pattern here? Any time that these incidents go viral and uh, people get caught on film and there are any type of repercussions for their racist actions. Step one, play dumb, play ignorant, act like you don't know. Step two, say you have some type of mental health issue and you didn't know what you was doing. That's like in the white supremacist handbook. let's move on to the next clip either this
3: incident allegedly happened yesterday morning right here along corona road and i'm told that both parties were at a stoplight when things took a terrible turn
0: Why?
3: Why? Because I'm black? Why? A question Catrice Rogers is asking after she says a white man called her and a friend derogatory names. She says it started with this sound after her friend was slow to drive off at a green light. He followed us, proceeded to follow us up the road, pulled up on the side of us, yelling, this is why they're killing y'all now, you n****. Language so offensive, we can't air. Roger says the driver called her and a friend the N-word and another expletive. Rogers says he came to a head on Ballinger Highway when both vehicles pulled over and an argument started. Disrespected because I'm black, just because I'm black, that, uh, that's just not right. Flint Police Chief Phil Hart says racism will not be tolerated. A police report hasn't been filed, so he couldn't comment on this incident, but says racially motivated crimes could result in an ethnic, intimidation charge. Rogers was able to snap this photo, which Hart says anyone feeling targeted on the road should do.
0: If they don't have uh, uh, the availability to, say, snap a photograph or something, as soon as they're in a safe location, if they can write down a description of the vehicle, I mean, as much description as you can.
3: I called the owner of the company on the truck, Robert Ward. He admits to using the foul words, but says he was provoked.
1: I said, you know... F and N, and I shouldn't have. They're flipping me the bird, and I said, "That's what causes problems out here."
3: Do you understand the pain behind that? I bird? do. I really do. And so then some would say, "If you understand the pain, then why use it?"
0: I don't know why it came out. It did, and I don't know why. Can I take it back? No, I can't. You know, all I can say is I'm sorry.
3: An apology Rogers recorded and posted on Facebook after calling the number on the truck. She says she doesn't feel it's sincere. Since then, Ward says he's contacted the Clayton Township Police Department, scared for his safety.
1: I fear for
0: my family. I've had death threats. They say they're going to burn my house down. Have you learned anything? Oh, yeah.
2: So this is another incident that happened, um, a road rage incident in which, you know, two black women were were too slow. Well, and, you know, this man's opinion, um, they didn't pull off at a at a green light fast enough. He's honking the horn. Um, they flipping the bird and he pulls up to them, calling them some effing niggas. And this is why cops is killing y'all. He got called out for it. Now he's playing dumb so in his mind black people standing up for themselves is why they're getting killed by the cops you know he's honking his horn at these women they flipping the bird and his response is to call them niggas and say this is why the cops is killing y'all right that's not ignorance that's not i don't know you know why i did what i did oh i just got upset and it came out Ah, yeah you do you know because that's how you really feel it sounds by it sounds by by the report that he must have been in some type of work truck because i believe that the uh the women called the number on the back of whatever his vehicle is and 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 reported him and that's why uh this really became a story so you know in his mind black people standing up for themselves and not being bullied and not being pushed over is why the police are killing them Mm, that says a lot let's let's think about that Mm. he might have said some he might have actually said some truth there black people standing up for themselves is why they're being murdered by the cops we need to replace the system of white supremacy with a system of justice now.
3: Economically by COVID-19. Absolutely. And, you know, it was interesting because I heard similar stories from black owned business owners in North Carolina and Florida. And I think a stat that gives a really good big picture context is according to research that was done by the University of California in Santa Cruz, there were more than a million black-owned businesses in the United States at the beginning of February. By mid-April, 440,000 black business owners had to permanently shut. So we're talking a 41% drop, and for women-owned businesses, that was a 25% plunge. So I think the economic hit was clearly, you know, in some cases,
1: fatal for businesses out there. They were shut out of the largest small business rescue program in US history, the Paycheck Protection Program, running headlong into the structural issues that have hindered Black-owned small businesses for decades and only been exacerbated by the pandemic. 41% of Black-owned small businesses shuttered between February and April, Their white counterparts, less than 20%. This is just laying bare
3: all of the cracks and issues that were already there in this foundation and that people of color have been experiencing every single
1: day. The PPP was structured in a way to quickly kick hundreds of billions of dollars out the door that same structure unintentionally entrenched those pervasive disadvantages. From lack of bank relationships and disincentives for banks to prioritize smaller loans, to the fact that more than 95% of Black-owned small businesses are sole proprietorships, which limited the funds they could access.
3: I mean, a lot of it has to do with who has a seat at the table and who we think about in terms of who are the business owners that, you know, are at risk of closing doors.
1: The Small Business Administration's inspector general finding that contrary to law, there was no initial prioritization for these underserved communities and that no demographic data was collected, making it impossible to quote, determine the loan volume to the intended prioritized markets. Federal officials have recognized the shortcomings and have scrambled to address them, but that
2: The largest business bailout federally in history, the Paycheck Protection Program, PPP, in light of this epidemic or this pandemic that we've been going through for the past several months. This was put in place in order to give businesses, specifically small businesses, some type of relief so they wouldn't have to close their doors forever. I want everybody to just think about the information that they just heard um, from two different uh, news sources, CBS News and CNN. Forty one percent, guys, 41 percent of black owned businesses have closed their doors for good. This is catastrophic. Please, please, please go out of your way to support a black owned business. I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I I do that all the time. When when I'm out and about, I go out of my way to find a black-owned business and try to give them some money. Um, I would suggest that the federal government is also playing dumb in this circumstance. The economists, the lawmakers that they have to write these rules, to get these programs in place, these just aren't people that they you know found off a LinkedIn. These aren't people they just grabbed off of Indeed or Monster.com. These people who write these policies that put these policies in in place that distribute these funds. These people are experts. They're experts in their field. They're experts in business. They're experts in economics. They're experts in policy. They just don't pass a bill that's going to be the largest. The largest paycheck protection program uh, or bill in the history of the country and just have anybody just write this thing and give money out, you know, wherever. They know where the money's going. And I would suggest that they knew black businesses would be shut up. Right? It's not just circumstance and oops, we dropped the ball on this one and, you know, we had no way of knowing, where, you know, where the money was gonna be dispersed to and ooh, oh wow, black businesses, wow, they slipped through the cracks on this one. Oh, shucks, man. You know, we'll try to do something next time. Let, let, let's let scramble now and try to put something together to see if we can't, you know, get them the, the resources that that they would. No, 41 percent have already closed. This is not an accident, guys. This is. Systematic racism being shut out of programs that were designed to help businesses, but once again, black people. Was shut out They didn't get the help they needed So now 41% of what Of black owned businesses are closed Not an accident At all This is part of the problem This is why people Are protesting and fighting for Equal rights They're not just fighting against You know clan members and skinheads And people who tattoo swatch stickers on their foreheads Or People who show up, you know, with 20 Confederate flags on their pickup trucks talking about how they hate niggers. It's stuff like this. I am a small business owner. We're in the middle of a pandemic. I'm supposed to get some type of federal relief that I am entitled to, and I don't get it. Now I have to close my doors for good. I don't get it because I'm a minority owned, business owner. More specifically, because I'm a black business owner, I can't get it. I got to put up a GoFundMe to try to get some money. But you know, NBA teams—they get a check. Um, Princeton and Harvard University, or yeah, one of the two. Don't don't quote me. One of those Ivy League colleges—they got a check under this program. You know, Shake Shack—they get a a check under this program. But forty-one percent of black businesses have to, have closed their doors for good, and they not coming back. Whew. That's a devastating blow to, to, to the black community, right? We can't circulate our money amongst each other if we have no businesses. Right? How many black families? How many black people, you know, would have touched that money? This is a huge problem, guys. We got to circulate our money amongst each other and our businesses is how we do that. All right. Before I get out of here, let's touch on one more thing. Uh, the story is a couple of weeks old, but I didn't touch on it in the last recording. I wanted to touch on it today because I wanted to give everybody just a little something to think about. Let's talk about Ancient Mama.
3: A familiar face at breakfast for more than a century will soon be a thing of the past. Quaker Oats, which is owned by Pepsi, announcing that they're getting rid of the 130-year-old Aunt Jemima brand, famous for pancake mixes, maple syrup, and other breakfast foods. Aunt Jemima buckwheat pancakes. Mmm, The company says by the end of this year, its packaging will no longer feature the controversial Aunt Jemima image. And soon, they will completely change the brand's name altogether. It's
0: time to let go of symbols like this because of how weighted they are and what they represent.
3: Cornell University's Dr. Rache Richardson recently wrote a New York Times article, Can We Please Finally Get Rid of Aunt Jemima?
0: Children, you know, going with their parents to the grocery store can still see images, this retrograde image of Black womanhood on store shelves. And it it was, um, it's an image that harkens back to the antebellum plantation, it's rooted in plantation. Aunt Jemima is that kind of stereotype that is premised on this idea of Black. Inferiority and
2: otherness. All right. Well, it's the year twenty twenty and they finally decide they're gonna pull Your Mama off the shelf. Um <laughs> look, Ain't your mama is a symbol or is a is a stereotype of a stereotype of black women that white society is comfortable with. A older black woman with a scarf on her head and an apron in the kitchen cooking, right? An older black woman who's not sexually desirable. She's got a big smile on her face. She got her head scarf on and she's in there, you know, making you some pancakes. That's the image of the black woman that white society is comfortable with. It's really a caricature. It's a caricature of a, of a black woman from slavery. That's what ain't your mama is. They finally getting rid of that. I mean, it only took them. I mean, my God, how many years? Eighty. 85 maybe something way too long (laughs) way too long they finally pulling it off the shelves um black self-respect is important the fact that it's 2020 and they're just now deciding um the ancient mama brand which is owned by pepsi by the way um they're just and pepsi you know uh, pepsi makes a ton of money a ton of money off black folks They're just now deciding to get rid of this shows you how deep systematic racism runs in America. And let's not, you know, these companies, they can't play dumb with it. They can't play ignorant with it. No one is ignorant. The only people confused about racism in America is probably black folks, white, you know, these companies, white society they're not confused that's how they keep it going the system of oppression which is racism white supremacy has been with us for the last 400 years the system has never gone away it has only changed forms and this is not ignorance this is a collected effort okay we are 60 years removed from jim crow within the jim crow era people came together and they passed laws saying black people can't can't live in these neighborhoods they can't eat at these restaurants. They can't be in these towns after sundown in order to pass law, pass a law. That's not ignorance. That's a collected effort. They put up signs that said white only. That's not ignorance. That's coming together to enforce a collected effort to say we don't want black people here. all right? Law enforcement enforced the Jim Crow laws. That's not ignorance. That is a collected effort. You can't be ignorant and organized and do things like that. That's not ignorance. That's not, we don't understand. That's not, oh, I need to learn. That's not, oh, I don't know why I did what I did. That's not, oh, why I just blacked out when I was passing these laws and oppressing, oppressing these people. And, you know, I can't be held responsible for it. No. No, no, no. Never let them claim ignorance on you. That is a distraction and they're just playing dumb. All right, guys. Don't forget, everybody should be following me on Instagram at unprocessed underscore knowledge. You can go to Amazon.com to get Hypocrisy in America, The Veil of White Supremacy. And between this podcast, please, everybody, go and check out my bros. Separate the two podcasts. Check out my man Rip, a Taste to Consider podcast. And you can check out the collective podcast. The U you and U pro- podcast, Unproductive and Unapologetic. Check those shows out as well. Also be on the lookout for the brand new, brand, brand, brand new <laughs> podcast. Three stars, two bars, productions. That's my man's son, Dante Lim. They got their own thing going on. That's going to be very entertaining. Until next time, this has been the Unprocessed Knowledge Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting us.
1: Understanding white supremacy. That's why I put it in the front of the textbook for victims of white supremacy. If you don't understand white supremacy, which is racism, what it is and how it works, Everything else that you understand will confuse you.